Hello, and welcome to Pastor George's Bible Study. So we are going to be looking at John 6. We want to press on on the matter of our spiritual nourishment. Um, I will read it from verse 52. We'll just read it down to verse 59. And then we will draw some references from other parts of scripture, just relating to what this scripture is telling us. So from John 6, I'll read from verse 52. It says, The Jews therefore quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood. You have no life in you. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. So, this is Jesus trying to emphasize to the people and he was talking to them about spiritual nourishment. Now, we want to just exploit ourselves for our own spiritual enlightenment. What was Jesus actually saying here? By God's grace, this is what we want to explore. And also, we will turn to other scriptures to emphasize some of the points the Holy Spirit will be raising for us. So, look at Jesus in verse 53. It was an answer to a question. The question was, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Very interesting. It's something the people did not understand. But Jesus now went ahead to explain it. And he started with a surety in verse 53. If you look at verse 53, Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat, the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, you have no life in you. This was an assured, or should I say an assurance. Another translation says, what did King James say? King James said in verse 52, he said, Verily, verily, I say to you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. 
this is Jesus talking with all of assurance. Jesus doesn't need to say verily, very, but when Jesus says verily, verily, it's very important. We must take note. Jesus said, verily, verily, I say to you, except unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Now, what is Jesus actually saying? want to discuss. Is he saying we should eat his flesh physically and drink his blood physically? Is that what Jesus is saying? Well, yes, he is. Well, <laughs> so, Liam, if that is what Jesus is saying, well, right, yes, you should drink his blood. Yes. Have you drank his blood yet? Well, we have been and we've been doing the bread at the church and that yes. on the Sundays. Yes. But is that Jesus' physical blood blood? Well yes. Yes. But that's black current. Yes. Yes. So that's not his blood. But we know that with the Lord Jesus. Yes. We be flesh and that. We know that we covered to with the actual blood and the bread to having it at your body to keep your heart running alive in that and with the blood flowing in our at your body to live. And okay, if we, so Liam. So Liam, if we, yeah. So Liam, what the Bible is trying to say there, talking about drinking his blood and eating his flesh it's not the physical drinking of blood and drink and eating of flesh do you understand it's not the physical mm-hmm. look at it the disciples when jesus did the last supper with them he, he broke bread he said this is my body isn't it that's what he that's what he did. He broke bread and he gave them the drink and they all drank together. What was Jesus emphasizing there? He was saying, like what he said there, he said, unless you eat of my body and drink of my blood, you have no life in you. What is the life Jesus is talking about? Is the life of Christ. You see, the Bible says the life of a a being of an animal is in his blood. So for me to be part of Jesus, I need to eat of him and drink of him. Now, what is the literal translation, or should I say the literal application of the eating of Jesus and drinking of his blood? Remember, the blood of Jesus signifies the life of Jesus. So for me, to partake of Jesus' life. What's the Bible saying? Remember, Jesus shed his blood for me and you. That's the first thing. As an atonement. Well, but, I don't, um, one thing. In yes. 1 Corinthians um, 24, it says here, and when he had a fence, 
he break it and said, Take it. This is my body, which is broken for you. Yes. This do in remembrance of me. Yes. And like with the blood, it announced us um, verse 23, for I have risen of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was being trained to bread. And then 25, it says, after the same member also, he took the cup when he had the supper, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do yet as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Okay, so Liam, thank you very much. You have read for us yeah. the scripture in First Corinthians talking about the communion. Yeah. And the communion is exactly what Jesus was trying to use to teach yeah. how we as Christians should mm-hmm. live our lives. Yeah. Now, the drinking of blood or the drinking of the cup yeah. and eating of bread yeah. signifies the mm. living on Jesus. Yes. You live your life based on the life of Jesus. Yes. Because the life of Jesus represents his body mm. and it represents his blood. So when mm. Jesus said, except a man eats my flesh yes. and drinks my blood, he has no life in him. It means mm. If you don't feed on Jesus, you don't have life in you. And if you don't believe in Jesus, you won't still have a life in Jesus. Yes. So the life we are talking about starts with, like you rightly said, believing on Jesus. Mm. If you don't believe that this particular food will nourish your body, will you eat it? You won't eat it. Mm. So, what Jesus is trying to tell us here, very emphatically, and mm. it's, it's, it's not a, Jesus did not mean words with it. It was not a suggestion. It was an assurance and a surety. He said, verily, verily, I say to you, mm. except or unless you eat of Jesus and drink his blood, you have no life in you. That is the first emphasis on spiritual nourishment for Mm. any soul. If I am going to carry the life of Christ, I need to eat and drink Jesus. Mm. I need to, what does that mean? I need to learn of Jesus. I need to imbibe what Jesus is saying and make it my own life and character. Mm. I need to study Jesus and look at how he behaves and see how can I imbibe or should I, how should I make this my example for life 
and for living. That is what it means to eat of Jesus and drink his blood. Mm. Eating of Jesus. Look at the next part of that verse. He says, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. So you notice that the life Jesus is talking about is not only life here, but also life after here. Mm. Eternal life is not just life here. It transcends life here. It also goes into life after death. Eternal life comes by eating and drinking Jesus, by living my life after the pattern of Jesus. If I'm going to be one with Jesus, I need to live like him. I need to um, allow his life become my own. Mm. So when the Bible is talking about us actually eating and drinking, he's saying, if you want life, I need to follow after him. Literally, I need to copy his example. I need to apply his principles, his way of thinking, his way of speaking to my life so that I can have life in me. If I just live my life on just on its own and just go about my life without taking spiritual nourishment from him, I have no life. So when Jesus is saying this, he's making it very clear without ambiguity. That's why for me, the emphasis when he said, verily, verily, I say to you, I must take note. I cannot take it as a suggestion. This is Jesus emphatically saying, if you want to live, you need to follow me. You need to accept me and live of me. And living of Jesus means living by his principles and example. And if you look at that verse 54, it even went further. He said, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And look at it. I will raise him on the last day. Wonderful. So you see, eating and drinking Jesus is not only for this life. It is also for the life after. And it's so glorious that mm. eating and drinking Jesus is not, it's not like eating and eating, it's not like drinking and eating bread. Look at Dom. Dom's um, face um, profile page is, <laughs> he was drinking Coke and having a meal somewhere. That's his profile page. And I'm sure, Dom, when did you eat that, have that meal? The meal that you have the picture of. How many months ago? That was in Portugal. This was in Portugal. I was, I was you were... Now like the timer went off. I was like my computer was playing up. Yes. So this yes. was in Portugal. Was it last year? Uh, maybe the year before that. I think yeah, before that. that. So, yeah. Excuse me, Dom. Are you still living on the food you ate two years ago? No. <laughs> oh. No way. That's the glorious thing about Jesus. The eating and drinking of his life is continuous. The same way, spiritual nourishment. You don't just get nourished once and you stop. You continue 
it's not a once and once for and forever um, 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 activity. He says, whoever eats, eats continuously. That's the word that was used. Eats and drinks. So it's present continuous. So what is God challenging our hearts to do? God is challenging us to eat continuously. To drink continuously. To be nourished continuously by his word and by his life. And these are the benefits. We'll get eternal life. And the Bible is saying Jesus himself will raise us up on the last day. So, spiritual nourishment is not a once and for all event. It's a present continuous event. And Jesus wanted to show us again what are the benefits. He says in verse 55, for my flesh is food indeed. Hallelujah. Jesus is food indeed. Jesus is not just one piece of junk. No. His blood is drink indeed. If I truly want spiritual nourishment, I get it from Jesus. If I want to be alive and be nourished in my spirit man, and grow spiritually, and advance in faith, and advance in my work with God, the Bible is saying, I should eat the food indeed, which is Jesus. What is the meaning of food indeed? It's actually the true food, the real food, the enduring food, the lasting food. The indeed there qualifies it and makes it certain. It makes it sure. It makes it enduring. It makes it lasting. That's Jesus. He is food indeed. And it's going to be foolish for me to leave the real food and be eating junk. It's it's going to be useless and a waste of time. When, can you imagine you are hungry and you are extremely hungry and instead of eating food somebody is bringing water excuse me what happens to you you just fill your tummy with water yes water is important but the nourishment you get from water is very limited so when god when jesus is saying my flesh is food indeed for spiritual nourishment and spiritual enlargement and growth, I need to feed on Jesus. If I don't want to be spiritual malnourished and be and be and be lame in life, I need to feed on Jesus. If I don't want to suddenly um, start going down the drain. What I mean by that is, I'm fading away. My heart is fading away. My life with God is ebbing away. What should I do? The Bible is saying, I should feed on Jesus because he's the food indeed. And Jesus, I thank God, Jesus uses opportunity to explain further. In verse 56, 
He said, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me. Hallelujah. So, my protection, my, my abode, my, my, my security, and where you will find me in God is based on what I eat. If I eat and feed on Jesus, the Bible is saying, I will abide in him. It's very interesting that where, where, I, I, where my heart is depends on what I eat. Where my surety is, where my deliverance is, where my help is, depends on what I eat. Spiritually. Jesus is trying to tell us very simply here that as long as you feed on Jesus, everything you need is inside him. Your nourishment, your growth, your security, your health, everything is inside Jesus. It's so glorious. He said, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me. What a, what, a, what a glorious inheritance we have. Is this not challenging me and you to invest everything we have in feeding and on living on Jesus? And look at the other aspect. He said, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I, that is Jesus, also we abide in him. Do you see there's a there's a there's a reference here? Do you remember Jesus talking to the Samaritan woman? He said, anybody that drinks of the water, you will give him. That water will suddenly become a well, a spring, springing up onto eternal life. That's what Jesus told the Samaritan woman. And look at it here. Jesus is saying, if you eat and drink me, I will abide in you. Isn't that glorious? That eating and drinking Jesus makes him to come and live inside of you. He makes Jesus abode in you. As long as you keep feeding on him. Look at it. And Jesus used the same parallel with him and his relationship with his father. In verse 57. He said, as the living father sent me, and I live because of him, of my father. So he who feeds on me will live because of me. Does that not explain the type of relationship Jesus is seeking to have with me and you? As long as I feed on him, the Bible is saying, I will live. And why am I going to live? Because of him. He's alive. Because I'm going to say, with verse 51, 
Yes. It says, I am the living bread which comes down from heaven. If any man eats my is bread, mm-hmm. he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give it my flesh, which I will give of the life of the world. Yes. Thank you very much. So how how are you writing that to actually depend on we knowing with Jesus it actually um we have it um at your body to live on. When we have it at your blood to um, live on to in our body, and it at your um, bed to knowing that it, that's his body and the blood that he got inside him, we got it inside us to live. And if we die, we are going to the Lord Jesus. And that's why we come as a true Christian. Because we are praying for him, for our lives to be um, forgiven. And when we um, believe in him, that's how we can be actually saved by that true sin. So when we give up our hands to pray for him, we know where he is there, looking down at us. Even that we can see him and he can see us, we are saved. And you can understand that, can't you? What yes. I'm actually saying. So Liam, you talked yeah? about you talked about the living bread. In verse yes. 51. Yes. And if you eat Jesus and you live yeah. by him, life yeah. is in you. That's what the Bible is saying there. Yeah. Now, I just want to draw our attention to yeah. some other scriptures that references what Jesus is telling us there. So let us go straight to Psalm 119. Why should we be active in seeking to eat and drink Jesus? Psalm 119, we are going to read verse 103. So, let's ask one of the children to read it for us. Psalm 119, verse 103 and 104. Um. Can somebody in the Salido family read that scripture for us, please? Thank you. Psalm 119, verse 103 and 104. Yes. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, take your understanding. Therefore, I hate every false Okay. Can somebody read it from another translation for us? 
Look at God's divine instructions to us through these scriptures. The question is, why should I feed on Jesus? The first thing we have noticed from what we've been talking about is that if I don't feed on Jesus, there's no life in me. And the psalmist is saying here, how sweet are your words to my taste? Sweeter than honey to my mouth. Beloved brethren, I know, but I know that literally we are not talking about eating paper or eating the Bible. But the Bible is telling us here that your words, the word of God, is actually sweet. I know at times when the word of God comes to your life, you don't accept it. It sounds as if it's bitter. Is bitter because the word of God is challenging some particular habit, nature, a particular way of life that is not what you succumb to. But you see, when the word of God comes, if you actually accept it, if you actually dwell on it, if you actually Take it in and meditate and digest it. It's actually sweet. The Bible is saying it is sweeter than honey. And look at look at look at the effect of the word of God in that verse 104. It says, through your precepts, I get understanding. If I want to get understanding, if I want to get life, I need to eat the word of God. That is why the psalmist said, therefore, I hate every false way. You cannot just hate every false way just like that. When the word of God is not living and dwelling in you. When the word of God is not alive and active in a man, he cannot just hate any false way. The false way will become normal to him. And what's the Bible saying? Let's accept. You see, the reason why I read this scripture is God I feel God wants to challenge us that if we want to eat sweetness, if we want to enjoy the sweetness in the word of God, let's open our hearts to accept it. It says, your words, how sweet are your words to my taste? Now, let's look at another scripture that references this. Jeremiah chapter 15, very quickly. Where is Abigail? I want Abigail to read Jeremiah 15, verse 16. 
Yes. Abigail, read Jeremiah 15, verse 16 for us. Um, it says, when your words came, I ate them. They are my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, Lord God Almighty. Mm. Let me read it for my advice. It says, your words were found, and I ate them. And your words were to me a joy and the rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Do you see? When Jeremiah found the word of God, what did he do? He ate them. And what is that eating? He accepted them. And the eating process means chewing, isn't it? You grind the food into bits and pieces. You digest it. That was what he did. As he accepted the word of God, he was meditating on it. He was thinking about it. He was praying about it. He was asking God, God, what does this mean in my life? When he found it, he didn't just talk about it. He first of all ate them. And as he ate the word of God, he digested it. He, he thought about it. He meditated about the word of God. He applied the word of God to his life. The Bible said the words were to him a joy and the rejoicing of his heart. This cannot be my experience if I do not eat the word of God. If I do not deliberately concentrate and say, God, this word you have given me today, how does it apply to me? How can I how can it be of benefit to me in the 21st century? If you don't do that, the word of God cannot be a rejoicing to your heart. It can't be a rejoicing. And you know, as I was meditating on this scripture, I was thinking, how did I and Jeremiah know that he needed to eat the word of God? How? I read, I now came across a scripture that touched me. Let's read it. Ezekiel chapter 3. Ezekiel 3. We'll just read one part of that scripture. Um, Bethel, please go to Ezekiel 3 and read for us verse 1 and verse 2. No, verse 1, verse 2 and verse 3. And he said to me, son of man, eat what is before you, eat this scroll, then go and speak to the people of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he gave me the scroll to eat. Then he said to me, son of man, eat this scroll I'm giving to you and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. Huh. Wonderful. Do you see what is happening there? You know, I, like I said, I was asking myself, who told Eli, uh, Jeremiah to go and eat the word of God? But you see, I came across this scripture. This was a direct instruction to Ezekiel. You might say Ezekiel is a prophet, so he needed to eat the word of God. But beloved brethren, you too, that this instruction is also to you. The Bible said, he said to me, as, as God is saying to you too, son of man, Eat what you find in this book. I'm reading Amplified. Eat the scroll. Beloved brethren, 
that same instruction comes to me, comes to you. God is saying, eat the scroll. Eat the word of God. And I thank God that if you are willing to eat the scroll, the Holy Spirit will help you. Look at verse 2. He said, and so I opened my mouth and it caused me to eat the scroll. Beloved brother, are you going to open your heart so that you can take in the word of God? God is not saying you should open your mouth physically. He's saying open your heart. As you open your heart, the word of God will come. It will cause you to absorb it. It will cause you to meditate on it once you open your heart. And I thought this would just be a once and for all event. Look at what he said in verse 3. He said to me, son of man, eat this scroll that I give you and fill your stomach with it. So what's God's God telling us there, please? He wants you to feed on the word of God. Your spiritual heart should be filled with the word of God. Do you remember that scripture in Colossians? I think it's chapter 3, verse 17. I hope I'm quoting it properly. He said, let the word of God dwell in you richly. Colossians 3, let me see. Am I right? No. I think it's verse 316. 316. Yes, not 17. 16. Let the word of God. The Bible says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. How is the word of God going to dwell in me if I don't eat it? So that instruction was clear. The Bible is saying, fill your stomach with it. Fill your heart with the word of God, beloved brethren. Eat this scroll. That is a direct instruction from the Lord himself. Eat the word of God. Settle down. The way you eat, you don't joke with your food. You take your time, isn't it? You take time. You cut the, the meat or the chicken into bits and pieces so that you can digest it properly. What's the Bible telling us? We too need to sit down, rightly dividing the word of truth and digest it. Fill your heart with it. Because as you eat it, therein lies life. As you digest it, Light and life enters your heart. And beloved brethren, it's not only that. You become a witness, more of a witness to people around you. As you eat and devour the word of God and you meditate on it, you become a source of light and life to others around you. They too will go and eat and drink of the word of God. And they are able to help others as well. So, beloved brethren, we are going to stop here. But the prayer point is going to be, God, help me to open my heart 
so that I can eat the word of God. So that I can live on it. So that it will be sweet in my bones. It will be sweet in my mouth. Help me to fill my heart with the word of God. Because you see, when God told Ezekiel, eat this scroll that I give you. Beloved brethren, he is the word of God. He is the one that is going to give you. Don't go and eat something that the Lord himself has not given you. God is not going to give you anything else. He's going to give you his word. And all he's saying is feed on it. There are other things you can feed your life on in the world. There are so many other passions, so many other cravings you can concentrate and feed your life with. But God is saying, eat this scroll that I give you. Eat the word of God I am giving you. Morning by morning, apply yourself to the word of God and eat of it. So that it will be nourishment to you and not just you. Your family will benefit from it. Friends and close relations will benefit from it. Colleagues at work will benefit from it. Why? Because you are eating and feeding on the word of God. I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit will help us as we do this. Come and join Pastor George's Bible Study at 8 p.m. 